And good day to you once again. This is Dale Bader, and it's time for yet another edition of Focus on Fertility. And today we're going to be talking genetics. Yes, that plays a major role with infertility and fertility in itself. And we're really going to learn today about completing genetic carrier screening and its importance and what it can tell us as well as what should we do then in case we do find something that may have been hidden there in our genes. And with us today is Jennifer Siegel. She is a genetic counselor and director at Semaphore. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Dale. So Jennifer, I guess the first question that we're going to want to know is, first of all, what is genetic carrier screen? Because we're hearing all about genetics in the news, online, and all these different tests. But we're specifically wanting to focus today on genetic care screening. So what exactly is that? Good question. And there's a lot of attention being paid to genetics through companies like Ancestry.com, 23andMe. So people are becoming much more aware of genetics in general. Um, But not a lot of people are aware of genetic carrier screening. Um, It is typically a test that is offered through your doctor's office and is looking to see, are you a carrier or do you have a genetic change in certain genes that we test for that have been passed down through the family. The biggest thing and biggest question I get about this is, well, I don't have any of these diseases in my family. I don't need to be concerned about them. The thing that we know about these types of conditions is they usually do not run in families. So there really isn't any family history clue to point us to one condition or another. So we rely on this genetic carrier screening, usually a blood test or a saliva test, to tell us, do you carry one of these genetic predispositions? Because family history, unfortunately, is not going to tell us. Specifically, you know, what kind of tests or what kind of variations are we looking for? You know, I, I think when um, we had our children about a decade ago, one common test that they did in the hospital was cystic fibrosis. Is that one of these type of uh, conditions that we're looking for? It definitely is, and it's probably the one people are most familiar with. Um, Some other names of conditions that people have probably heard of are sickle cell anemia, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, spinal muscular atrophy. These are all very severe conditions that have a significant impact on the life of a a child and um, a significant impact on family. Um, So they are important things that we feel... um, people would like to know about, you know, what are my chances? What are my family's chances of having a baby with one of these conditions? And that's the goal of carrier screening is to give you that information. Not, are you definitely going to have a baby with these conditions? What is the chance that that can happen, which opens up doors and options to either learn early, educate yourself, or even get around the genetic conditions to begin with. I know one thing that is discussed uh, frequently in the office is Fragile X. Is that also something that uh, carrier screening is? And, And what exactly is Fragile X, or how does it impact individuals? Sure. Fragile X definitely is one of those conditions as well. There are typically two main types of conditions that we test for on a carrier screening test. One are what we call autosomal recessive conditions, where it takes both parents to have a copy of these genes that aren't working properly to even have a chance of having an affected child. 
Fragile X falls into a category of what we call X-linked conditions, where only the mom carries the gene that predisposes to the condition. So in this case, it only takes one parent. Fragile X is probably the most common single gene disorder that can cause disorders involving intellectual disabilities. Um, There are other um, health aspects to Fragile X as well, Um, but behind something like Down syndrome, it is probably one of the most common causes where we see intellectual disability. So it's also fairly common in the population. Is ancestry or origin of where I come from a a big factor in all this? It absolutely is. So everybody carries genes that don't work properly. Just, you know, as human beings, we're not very good at maintaining our genetics. So we all carry some of these genes and probably carry seven to 10 genes that don't work properly. Um, Usually they don't affect our health at all. Um, But we know that certain ancestries carry certain types of disorders. So a lot of times you will hear about cystic fibrosis in the Northern European population. You'll hear about sickle cell anemia in the African-American population, Tay-Sachs disease in the Jewish population. So every ethnicity kind of has their own genetic disorders. So it's actually very important to learn what your family's ancestry is so that we can give you the most accurate type of result. So if we know that you are Northern European, we know exactly what the frequency of these disorders is occurring in those populations. So if you test negative for those conditions, we can be fairly darn sure that you're probably not a carrier for those conditions. So coming to your doctor, educating yourself about what your family's ancestry is, and when they say, where does your family come from? What is your ancestry? You're prepared to answer that question and know that it comes from a place where this is part of your medical history and why it's important. What other, you mentioned there are certain uh, diseases like Fragile X which are single. Are there, you mentioned there are others. Can you give a little bit of a, a background of maybe what some of those other uh, Disorders are the X-linked that, disorders. Yes. Yeah. So the, probably the other most common one that people have heard of is Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Um, that is a very you know everybody has seen or most people. I'm kind of probably dating myself a little bit with the Jerry Lewis telethons. Right. Right. Um, that was muscular dystrophy. Um, Duchenne and Becker muscular dystrophy, kind of the same family of disorders. Um, most common form of muscular dystrophy. Um, So that's probably the one that people are most familiar with. Um, These are boys that have these conditions. Um, Usually by age 12, 13, they may be wheelchair bound. Um, They lose the ability to use their muscles very well. And um, ultimately, most of of these children will pass away um, in early adulthood. The other disorders, though, takes two to tango kind of correct and so if you're listening to this podcast and and we know that most of you that are listening to this podcast are probably female but this also pulls in your partner because you're both going to really need to be screened correct to get a true picture that is correct and and in fact a lot of of couples like to undergo testing together Um, One, it just speeds up the process. And two, what's very important, we talk about this two to tango, 
what really becomes important is if you and your partner are carriers of the same disorder. So it re- we don't really care if you are a carrier for cystic fibrosis and your partner is a carrier for Tay-Sachs. It has to be both of you are carriers for cystic fibrosis. Both of you are carriers for Tay-Sachs. If one is a carrier for one disorder, the other is a carrier for the other disorder, it is not going to affect the health of the baby. That I think is important to know because I know we've seen individuals in the past come back and they are positive for one, so they start to get very nervous, and, and but their partner isn't. Right. So even though you both may have something, it's totally normal to have something out there, mm-hmm. just not the having it together at the same time. Right. So my partner and I both have the same condition that we've been tested for. What What's first and the first steps that we're going to deal with, and then what can we do to help provide for a healthy baby? Right. So if you are both carriers for the same condition, there are a lot of options out there. First and foremost step that you should take is talking with your physician, talking with a genetic counselor about what are the risks to having a, a baby affected with that particular condition. So I'm, I'm going to throw cystic fibrosis out there as kind of the classic example. If you and your partner are both carriers for cystic fibrosis, we know that there's a 25% 25% chance or one in four chance to have a child affected with cystic fibrosis. There is a one in two chance or a 50% chance that the child will be just a carrier like the parents. So no effect on their health to be a carrier for cystic fibrosis. And then there's a 25% one in four that the child will not carry that gene at all, have two normal working copies of that particular gene. So statistics are very important in this circumstance, and that's a lot of what your doctor or genetic counselor can help walk you through. But, you know, what everybody focuses focuses in on is that 25% chance to have an affected child. So what do we do with that information? Um, probably the main thing if you're involved in the fertility journey is your doctor will most likely talk to you about an option called PGD or pre-implantation genetic diagnosis. And what this is, is a way to biopsy an embryo, take one or two little cells and actually do testing on those couple of cells to see is that embryo affected with cystic fibrosis or not. And so it sounds a little sci-fi like, and we're just taking single cells and doing genetic testing and only putting back healthy embryos. So it is, it, as I mentioned earlier, an option to get around the genetic condition. This is what I'm referring to. Not the right option for everybody. Some people want to just progress with the pregnancy or maybe don't have a lot of embryos that are available. And in that circumstance, there's always the option of prenatal diagnosis, procedures called CVS or amniocentesis to test the baby to see if the baby has cystic fibrosis or not. Um, And then other couples choose to take a chance, undergo newborn screening for cystic fibrosis. Most states actually require that cystic fibrosis be tested for in the newborn period. So there are a lot of different time points where we can do this testing to see if a baby has that condition or not. Um, Cystic fibrosis is a condition that is 
the, the treatment for it is improving over time. And we are actually seeing a fairly normal lifespan of individuals with cystic fibrosis. Yes, they have health concerns, um, but they're being much better managed nowadays. Um, that's not true for all the conditions that we test for on a carrier screen. Um, but a lot of why we do this genetic testing is to educate ourselves. Knowledge is power in this circumstance. And knowing what the condition is, what your chances are of having a child with this condition, empowers you to have options. And so education is is first and foremost. And that's where your doctor and genetic counselor can play a role. Time is always a thing that patients... Uh, going through infertility or, or, you know, it's kind of always against them. They, they, mm-hmm. they want that baby today. So more testing. My doctors now told me to do genetic carrier screening. It's another layer of the whole testing procedure. How much time is this going to add? How, how much am I going to have to wait for results? Yes, there is. It does take us some time to run the tests, um, but usually that takes about 10 to 14 calendar days. Um, And one big time saver that some couples employ is to do what we call tandem testing, and that's where both members of the couple get tested together. That way we are not waiting for one result to come back to see if we need to do another test. Then we're talking about a month of time that we may have to wait, and if cycles are waiting, you know, we don't have that time. So sometimes that tandem testing is the best option for a couple to kind of speed up the process. It also significantly reduces the time involving and surrounding anxiety. So if we just have to wait that two weeks, both get results together, you can have a tandem genetic counseling appointment together, talk to your doctor together, learn what your options are, get reassurance that you're not a carrier couple. And in fact, we know only about 2% of couples are carriers for the same disorder. So 98% of the time, you're going to get reassurance that we don't need to worry about the genetics. We can kind of put that aside and worry about all the other things surrounding infertility treatment. And one of the other concerns always is cost. You're going through infertility. Infertility is expensive, unfortunately. Any treatment avenue that you kind of go down. So any additional testing, it's another cost. How does I know you can't speak about every Mm -hmm. uh, genetic carrier screening test out there, but with your particular laboratory, how does it work for you guys? Right. We have learned over time that insurance actually picks up the cost of carrier screening quite frequently. Um, So we very much encourage patients to at least try to go through their insurance first. Um, You pay your premiums every month. Your employer pays your premiums every month. You might as well take advantage of what you've been putting money into in the first place. And yes, we, we are very cognizant of the costs that go into infertility treatment. And if, if insurance is going to help save some money, we're all supportive of that. Um, But in the eventuality that you have a high deductible, um, a a fairly significant co-insurance split to pay for, we have a very generous financial assistance plan. Um, All patients need to do is call our billing advocates, and they're very willing to kind of talk to people, look at their individual circumstances. We're about making this testing accessible to people, and we understand that cost goes into accessibility and that you are putting 
a lot of money, emotional and financial investment into having a healthy baby. And genetics goes into that healthy place. And, you know, what we would hate to see is putting all that investment into infertility and skip out on the genetics because that's where we can help work and work towards a healthy baby. Um, so it does play an important role. Um, so our billing advocates are very willing and, and helpful in talking patients through financial assistance, alternatives, um, paying cash if there is a high deductible with a very affordable pricing. Will carrier screening, besides my fertility, will it also help me with other lifestyle and health factors down the road? Will it tell me I'm a carrier for breast cancer or some other cancer? Right. No, it does not. So we do kind of, the genetics behind, you know, cancers and heart disease and things like that, those follow a a slightly different genetics pattern in families. Um, And that's where if there is a family history of those more, what I would term adult onset conditions, um, I would very highly recommend talking to your doctor or a genetic counselor about your family history of those conditions. Um, There is genetic testing typically available for those types of conditions, but the process is a little bit different. Um, But then again, if there are those types of family histories for you as an individual, it is something that should be addressed before infertility treatment. Because as we mentioned, we talked about the PGD. Um, Sometimes PGD can be done for those types of conditions as well. Um, Significant heart conditions, um, conditions that lead to sudden death. Um, These things run from generation to generation to generation. And families may want to investigate PGD for those types of conditions as well. So genetics plays a role, whether it's a, an, a newborn onset condition, a pediatric condition, or adult onset. And so knowing what your family history is, is important, whether it's carrier screening or cancer screening, heart disease, it, it plays a role at all time points in, in our life cycle. And so knowing that information before going down the infertility road is very important. Well, Jennifer, thank you very much. You know, genetics, it's a complicated uh, beast that is out there. So this was very simplistic and I think very easy for most of us to understand. And if you do have questions out there, uh, please feel free to send those questions to me at questions at focusonfertility.net. I will forward those on to Jennifer and we'll get you some answers back on that as well. Jennifer, again, thank you so much for joining us today. You're very, very welcome. If you've been trying to start your own family and haven't had success, you're not alone. Millions of people just like you are experiencing the same very personal and painful frustration. Infertility affects men and women equally. The Missouri Center for Reproductive Medicine, MCRM Fertility, can help. MCRM accepts most insurance and you don't need a referral. They offer the most advanced science and technology, including exclusive techniques and the embryoscope. Check them out at mcrmfertility.com. And thank you to Jennifer Siegel from Semaphore joining us today to talk about the importance of knowing what is definitely in our genes. I think we definitely uh, can take that. It's quite important that we have our genes evaluated, especially before uh, undergoing uh, any fertility treatment or even considering moving on and having children uh, so that we are better prepared of 
the circumstances and of what our genes are telling us. So again, thank you, Jennifer, for joining us today. Remember, you can join in and listen to any previous episode of Focus on Fertility by visiting our website page at focusonfertility.net or by simply tuning in to us on your favorite podcasting service, whether that's iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or Podcast One. And be sure to follow us and to subscribe to us there as well. And if you have a specific topic you would like to hear covered or have questions, simply email me at questions at focusonfertility.net. Well, that concludes for today's and this week's episode. We do appreciate your time spending it with us. And until next week, wishing you very good health.